Good to see everybody this morning. Welcome to Spring Forward and Spring Break. And everybody say, oh. And our kids are excited, and it's raining outside, so they're really going to have a good time today and next week. But it's good to see you guys. My name's Pastor Rich. If you're a guest this morning, it's my wife, Donna. And uh, you come at a great time. We're actually in a, sermon, in a sermon series called For Men and For Women, For Couples Only. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, and what it is is about how we can understand men, how we understand women, how God has uniquely put us together, and how God has uniquely uh, made us. And there's different things about us which makes it fun, not make it stressful. And basically, the last two, two weeks ago, we talked about in him as a man, how we deal with insecurity. And then we talked about the woman, how, um, how uh, a woman, is, we have to, as men, we have to decode the code. And this week two, we talked about how you can respect a man and how we can ensure a woman. And today, we're going to have something special. Today, we're going to talk about communication. First part, we're going to talk about him, how he processes, and then her, how she listens. And then we're going to get to the second part, how man provides and how she needs security. So um, to give you a caveat before we start, uh, we get a lot of these things are done, and we said we want to have flexibility. Every one time we say, well, women, things like this, tend to like there are men, we know there are exceptions. So if you're exceptions to some of these things, don't get upset. That's not for me. But it's there. And sometimes we flip roles in how we process, how we receive and listen. So, And one thing I want to tell you, I am not good at any of this. So I'm going to say it right now. So if I start crying when Ms. Donna's talking, because I'm convicted. All right. Now, and I also told the men, when I talk about men, men, you need to um, cheer or grunt. Because last week when Ms. Don talked, everyone, amen. You know, the guys got all oh, quiet. I don't want to tell my wife I'm really that. She knows already. Just agree with me, okay? We're all going downhill. It's all right. Amen? Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, I'm coming up. I'm coming up. So today we're going to start off with him as processing. How men process information, how men process in a conflict. Not all men, but men tend to process versus to respond quickly. And what I want to do is give you a couple, what it is saying that men think. Say, men, I'm a thinker. Men, I'm a thinker. All right. Now, what we're going to talk about today, the whole, this part of the subject is when men are checking out, they were actually checking in. When men are checked out, they were actually checking in. And I'm going to use two scriptures today um, in Proverbs. Proverbs 18, 13, it says this. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly, it's his, it is his folly and shame. There's one who's, Proverbs 12, 18. There's one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. When you sum these two things up, one is responding before listening is foolishness. That's for me. Oh, I got someone agreeing with me. Praise God. And the second one is our speech reflects our character. And as we talk about communication today, um, biblically. Now, I'm going to go ahead and talk with the men. Now, with men, when our issues are addressed in a conflict, we have this, this we tend to pull back and then want to process the information before we respond. We want to pull back. We need space and we need, and we need time to process, especially in a conflict, versus to 
verbally give out something because how we receive it, we're, if we get def defensive, we can say something that can destroy things versus we have the tendency that I need to go back. I need to um, process this thing and I need to come back and re-engage my spouse. If you're married or if you're engaged or you're single, you'll see how men tend to respond to that. Now, again, it can be flipped. We can have women who have to pull back and the men want to speak their mind. Reason why I'm saying that the way God had cre created us, women tend to be verbal processors. So whenever there's a conflict, they can process by speaking. They, while they're thinking, they can process. Men were kind of internal. We are internal processors. We cannot say anything. We have to go back and think and say, what just happened? Where are we? And then come back and respond. Now, I'm not saying run out the house, but sometimes you have to back away because you don't know what to say yet. I know that's me. Internal processing. Women can verbally speak and, and what they're thinking and work it out. Men can tell it, ah, I can't work it out by speaking. I have to work it out by thinking and processing. You're not going to come back with the intelligent response, not an ignorant response. Make sense? Maybe make sense? So we have this tendency. Now, there's the differences on men. Men often think through something before they can talk through it. So we'll think, then we'll talk. We don't like talk and as we're thinking. Now, we need time to do this. I love this. It's a book by uh, Michael Garan. It says, what can he be thinking? That's the title of the book. It says this. It takes men seven hours longer than women to process emotional data. Seven hours, and everyone, some of the wives are, yep, sometimes 15 hours, sometimes six days. I understand. <laughs> but it takes seven hours for us emotional data when we receive it because we think more logically than emotion. Remember, we talked about that last week. So we need to reprocess that. Now, um, men think through everything. We think through everything. I took a, a mind frames test um, years ago when I was getting coached. And my, my, I'm a left brain, left rear brain um, thinker, which is logic, I mean, which is um, order and control. And that's my comfort zone, order and control. Outside, and that's this recommendation, you need to be able to stretch your, if it's out of order, do not panic. Do not panic. If you can't control it, don't panic. Because that's my uncomfortable zone. So when it comes to that, receiving, I have to receive it and see if it makes sense to my brain before I can process, if I can say it. Now, there's another thing, because men, we have compartments the way we think. We're compartmental, how we think. Women, everywhere make a hundred things on the stove. I knew one thing. I put it in the oven, put it out, put it out, get it out there, put it out there I put it separately, and then dinner's ready. Diner's everywhere. It looks great. I don't know what that is. And it's all over the kitchen. But it's really good when it's done. Now, <laughs> since we compartment, we go to work, or we have a lot of things take place, our compartments can fill up. Especially a conflict, it can fill, and a brain can fill. Now, after all that thinking and talking, especially in the conflict, Men need to think about nothing. Men are scared to say that. 
but your wives notice it. They ask you the question, what were you thinking? Nothing. He is telling the truth. There is a nothing box in our head. Now, what happens is we have system overload. All righty? Miss Donna gets up. She's a Mac. She jumps in there going like that. I am a PC. Ping, 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 ping. Now, if you give me something, I got to process that way. She processes a Mac quickly. Me? Um, PC? Microwave? Okay. I think I have enough juice to get going. Overload. So we need to do something mindless. What do we do? We watch TV. Right? We watch Steinfeld. It's a show about nothing. Or we play video games. With a lot of guys, I get a lot of counsel. Man, my wife gets mad when I play video games. Well, you need to tell her you need that nothing time. But you can't do it all day. <laughs> right? So it's nothing. Overload, we do nothing. So when you ask you a question, you ask your boyfriend, what are you thinking about? After he said, you tell him something deep, and he'll say, what are you thinking about? Uh, nothing. He is telling the truth because he just, that's all he has. Now he has to clean out, put compartments out before he can receive the new, the new data. Amen, guys? I just helped you out. But you can't play video games all day. Now it can be opposite, too. It can be a man who needs to process verbally, and a woman needs time. Either way, how great God, how wired us. So something mindless. Now, how do you, with all this, it seems like a disconnect. It really isn't a disconnect. The greatest thing we can do, uh, what I want to really uh, share with you is, is here's our response to that. Ladies, you can help us with this, and men, we got to help them because there's something they, they need too. Uh, we can work with them as he works with the, as uh, we work with you work with us as we work with you. Why? Because she has a thing called listening, and it's, her listening is completely different than our processing. Right, hon? You've been yeah. been listening to everything I said. Ladies, if you're thinking about more than one thing right now, raise your hand. Okay, fellas, just look around. Do that again for me, please. Okay, now remember what he said about how men process and how long it takes them. But that's not how God wired us, okay? He wired us very different. And uh, I want to <laughs> read a scripture from James chapter 1, verse 19. If you'll put that scripture up for us. The scripture says... Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's from James 1.19. When we need you to listen to us, when we're talking to you, when we're communicating with you, gentlemen, we need you to truly engage not be doing something else, not pick up the cell phone, not look at the TV, not start thinking about something else, or do we need you to engage with us. We, we need your full attention. And I know that may be difficult for some of you, but if you put forth the effort because you are a child of the king and you have the mind of Christ, you can do it, fellas. You really can. 
We'll just put the word on it, okay? <laughs> no excuses. We'll put the word on it. Take your attention off of anything that could possibly be a distraction. Because when we're talking to you and we're telling you something that is an issue or a problem in our mind, we're really not telling you what, a, what the problem is for you to fix it. We are telling you what we feel about the problem. It's more our emotions. Um, we want you to understand our emotions, not the problem. So give your attention more to what she's feeling versus what she's presenting to you as a problem. Don't get in that fix-it mode where she's bringing something to you and you think she needs you to fix it. Because most of the time, we don't want you to fix it. We want you to understand how we're feeling. And I know that it takes you time to process emotions, but if you will just hear what we're saying, listen to what we're saying, and show that you understand what we're saying. You don't, you don't have to agree with it. You just need to understand that's what she's feeling. And if you can understand that that's what she's feeling, she will feel a lot better. She'll feel like you have engaged her. She'll feel like you're, that causes an emotional closeness because now we're connecting and we need that connection. That's one of the things that we need most. And so remember that we are not wanting you to fix it. Don't negate the emotion in, a, in an attempt to find a solution. Don't negate what she's really feeling. Because if you do, you're going to have what Richard and I call flybys. I'm talking to him, and I'm sharing something. And he's already, before I've even finished, he's got the solution. I haven't even told him what the whole problem is yet. He doesn't even understand what I'm really thinking. And, yeah, but, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, just like he'll admit his wrong, I will say that it will shut me down, and that's not right either. But that's what we tend to do, fellas. We'll tend to shut down. If you're not going to listen to us, we're not going to talk to you. That is God's honest truth. And so help us out because we want to share. We want to talk to you. We want you to hear us. We want you to hear our feelings and our emotions because we want to share that part with you. And if you don't want to share that part with us, then you will shut us down. And so that is not what we want, and that's not what we want to do. And so remember that our feelings is what she's most trying to share with you and, and just understanding what she feels even more than the problem. Whether you think she should feel that way or not, whether you agree or not, just understand that that is the way she feels. What Ms. Donna is saying is a main point I want to share with you. With me, I have to filter out what she needs, what she needs me to hear. Because I'm a fix-it guy. So I look at the logically fix it. I care about the emotion. It's fixed. Move on. Let's go. Next. Because that's what we do. So I got to really hear the feeling of what she's, because really what she wants to say, what she feels. She don't need necessarily need to fix. So we have these rules. She'll say, I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm just listening. I want you to listen to it. And then I have this other thing. If I have a phone within two or three inches of me, yeah, honey, got it. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she'll stop, and I'm in trouble. <laughs> I guess I better call Elder Terry because I'm not going to be home tonight because <laughs> I'm doing all this, and I need to put give my complete attention to her, which means 
Look her in the eyes. Yeah. And I have to give time to that. So whatever that time limit is for you and that time of day is very important for her. We both work, but that's very important for her. And if I'm a task person, which I am, get it done, get it done. I'm already on to the next task. And I don't want to treat her as a task. She's my bride. So um, that's very important. You agree? Yes, <laughs> some chocolate chip cookies tonight. Now we want to. What we want to do is press into uh, this next subject, providing the men, women. We got. I want you to know about men's desire to provide. Um, here's a uh, statement: How his need to provide weighs your man, weighs your man down, and why he lacks it that way. And the reason why I want to talk about providing such a big thing for men, the way the Bible reads in Genesis two fifteen, the Lord. God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Now, Adam received a job before he received a helpmate. One thing about providing that is part of our, that's the, at the core of, our, of a man's identity is providing. And it's a highly desirable goal for us. We love to go and provide and bring. When you, that's why you hear some of the arguments. If you're not happy, if you, and I know ladies are not happy, how come you're working all the time? How come this, this, this? And he says, well, you're talking about this food on the table. There's a car that drives. And he's thinking, I'm, I'm doing what you need. And it's at the core, because that's the way God created us to work. Now, you single ladies, if you don't see that in a man, you don't see that man. He doesn't have a desire to go to work because that's where God, the Bible put it. You don't have a desire for him. Okay? You can't change him. He's supposed to, that's what he plugs into, is, is that's part of his identity. They feel, you feel powerful when they go to work. They provide, they want to, we want to be dependent upon. That's why it's so important to be dependent upon. Um, when you, um, you come home and we find, you find, and um, we see something new, or we're able to buy a house and take care of the grass, take care of that, we sit back and we watch it. And look, I'm taking care of my family. I'm able to buy this. I'm able to get this. What, now, what can destroy him is we focus on what we don't have. Well, I wish we had done or we had this. He just felt like he didn't measure up or provide. It's at the very core of his being. It's how we think. That's why they come work and it's got we just this work is something we do. It's at the core of our security, who we are as a person. When I came to work here at the church, it's a lot different because I have to li I'm living completely by faith. When I was in the Air Force, I received checks every two weeks. If you get mad at me and you don't give, it's living by faith. <laughs> that means I won't get all I need to get for my paycheck. It's okay. I'm not doing it for a paycheck. I'm doing it because I love you and God. But it can mess with my identity. And I should, it shouldn't be, a job shouldn't be in the core of our identity, but that's how God hardwired us as men to go out in the morning and you capture, you conquer, you come back, and there you are. And that means earning not enough for the day, but also tomorrow. We're future thinking, how are we going to take care of each other, take care of you in 10 years? That's what, that's what we do. And it's also 
We do it at the risk of failure. Now, when a man loses his job, he loses himself. He loses himself. He might be, he'll be discouraged quickly if he can't find another job. When I transferred out the Air Force, I mean retired from the Air Force, and I went around putting in jobs all around Abilene, Texas, and I get to the third interview and found out, no, no, no. I remember coming home and just being discouraged and just sitting there. And Donna came home. She said, oh, you got to get up. I didn't want to get up. Get up. And the last place you put that application, go see him. That happened to be Sears. And I walked into the place. Hey, I put an application in a couple of days. We were just looking at it, and I was at the bottom of the boat. They weren't. They were waiting for me. How much do you want this job? That's a hint. If you put in an application, don't wait for them. You go, you go bother them. They'll pull it up to the top. Now, I received not great pay, not great hours, but I got a job. I can contribute. And it was like, whew. And I came home. I got the job. She said, I know. But, you know, it was, that's the core of our being. Why? What am I saying that? Because here's the thing. Now, even the Bible puts it in 1 Timothy 5, 8. If, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially the members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, single ladies, if you see a man that doesn't want to provide and they want you to be the provider, now this, we can both provide together, but it's not your job to do all of it. Amen? If we don't challenge men to work, we won't get the full man because it's so wrapped up in our being. What am I saying? And in so many words, providing is a primary way a man says, I love you. Now, I have, the, I, have the, I have the great pleasure to be off like I'm off on Mondays. And how I, um, Donna works two jobs, here and on the base. And I clean the house on Mondays. I vacuum the floors. I mop them. I wash the dishes. I, I mean, I wash the clothes. I put them away and just show how much I love her. So she don't, well, on the weekends, we don't have to spend time doing that. And that's my, I have to do that. That's how I show love, one of the ways. But I also know she needs security. And I also know it ain't going to be just for me working at a job, which takes me to my next point, and I'm going to transfer to her. I find out as a man, my real job is not the job. My real job is her. Here I go. What is this? What is Guys, come on. That's <laughs> That's so true. Okay, guys, if you don't get anything else, get that. Your real job is her. Because we appreciate the fact that you are hardwired to work. And many of the women work as well. But we also need you. And while men have um, their self-worth closely tied to their job and what they do, and if you ask them anything, they'll tell you where they work and what they do and all of that, but to the woman who cares very much about you, you are not just a paycheck. You need to understand that you are more than a paycheck. When you get that, you will understand the need that she has for you. And so most of us would choose you over money. I know there's some materialistic 
uh, ladies out there and all they want to do is shop and spend all your money. I know that. But at the same time, but, but hey, some of them have jobs too. And so, you know, but, but at the same time, what I'm saying to you, don't, don't uh, misunderstand what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is that we need you and we would choose you over materialistic things. Let me read a scripture to you. First Peter chapter three, verse seven says, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. And so although we know, um, you know, that that the women are considered here the weaker vessel. It says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. And so let me, wouldn't you like to know how to understand us? You saw those women raise their hands and say they was thinking of more than one thing at a time. Listen, we've been together over 30 years, and uh, Robbie and Terry have been together, all, how many, over 30-something years as well. And you know what? We're still figuring each other out. So there's hope for the rest of you. We're still together, okay? God is good. And so, so but I'm going to help you out just a little bit, okay? Here's what we need most, emotional security. We can do a lot of things ourselves. We, you know, we can get jobs and we can, listen, I can clean the house myself. I can get my car fixed myself. I, I can fix things myself. I can call the repair people if I can't. But what I need is emotional security in a relationship. That means I need his time and I need his attention as much as I need his affection. Okay? So let's talk about emotional security. What does that look like to us? It looks like connection. When we feel emotionally connected to you, we feel very close to you. And how do we feel emotionally, emotionally connected to you? It's when you give us your time. When we're talking to you and you stop what you're doing and you look at us and you listen to us instead of con you know, continuing on with whatever you're doing or are starting to do something else, which is even worse. <laughs> I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> we, need, we need your attention. What else does that look like? Knowing that you're going to be there for us. And, it, and I'm not talking, once again, about just financially. We do appreciate the provision that, that um, men bring in. So we appreciate the fact that you're hardwired to work, and we know that God made you that way. But when you get off from work, if all you do is something else and we don't get the time that we need with you, then that emotional security is not there. What that puts in the relationship is distance. And I understand, you know, there was a time when Richard and I didn't have any children, and we um, used to... We actually would take our lunch. We both were in the Air Force, and so we would take our lunch, and we would go to the lake and eat together. And we would do that every single day. Every day we would go to the lake. We would take our lunch, and the lake was on the base, so it wasn't far. And then we would just go back to work. What we didn't realize was we were creating a very close emotional connection. We became each other's best friends before 
but that friendship just grew and grew. And so we were really, really close. And then we went to our next base, which is where we had our, our son, and we were still close. And so that emotional connection is not something that can be bought. There is not something he can give me that will replace that. There's nothing, not, not even diamonds, girls. There's nothing. There is nothing that, that a man can give a woman, fellas, that will replace that emotional connection that we need. You have to take time together and make time a priority. Now, that doesn't mean that every minute you're off from work, she expects you to spend it with her. And the younger girls who like to talk to their girlfriends, that doesn't mean that she wants to have girlfriend talk. No, it means that she wants some of your time and some of your attention and to understand that she's important to you. And our relationships are supposed to be God first and the husband, if you're married, is the head of the household. That's not um, questionable in the Bible. So if you're a Christian, that's how it is, period. I don't have anything to debate about that. Uh, so God is the head of, of the relationship. He's the head of the husband. The husband is the head of the household. And the wife um, is, needs to be next. She needs to be, after God, she needs to be your first priority. Because there's not a family if she's not your first priority. Where do the kids come in? They come in, it's, it's God, her, and then the children. Because that's how you keep your family together. If there's no, that's when people get divorced, they break up the family. And what you do, your children see. Your communication, your children see. The way you communicate with your wife, the way you communicate with your husband, your sons and daughters are watching that. What do you want to teach them? What do you want them to do? Remember that. The other thing um, you have to understand is the, the flip side of that. A lack of that tells her she's not your priority. And that's not a good thing because that is not what you're trying to um, express to her. So she needs to know that she can express any emotions that she has to you. That should be a secure place. Your relationship should be a secure place. Your, your significant other, your wife, she should be able to express to you whatever it is she's feeling. And you may not agree with it, but at least understand that that's how she's feeling. And, and verbalize that to her and let her know that, that, is how, that you understand that's how she's feeling. She needs that. Yeah, that's for the... Um I can't keep verbalizing the fix. You got to verbalize the feelings. Again, emotions and, like we said last week, and logic. Coming from the logic, I have to learn it. And I have to learn that. And I think what I'm saying on all this, we have to learn. We all have to um, work together on that, together and doing that. Emotional, all those things, all the things from processing to um, listening, all the way from providing to um, security, those are things that God created uniquely for us to grow together in relationship. If we're all the same, there's not a relationship. Same way God tells us how we communicate with him ver um, vertically, then we learn how to communicate horizontally. I love When I love when I did this series, because I got, this was not, this was not one of my um, great points, not one of my, um, I'm happy about this part of the series, I'm like, oh, my gosh, check. I'm off, I'm off, I'm off, I'm off. And I remember God's grace. I'm like, thank you for God's grace. 
Uh, and it, the, the Bible says, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Because we're all sitting in one of these places. And after 30 years and, and, and being, in, um, being in ministry for about 27, we see people come in the office on these issues. They're not right and not wrong. They just are. They think, well, they're, they're just, no, that's how God hardwired them and how God hardwired you. He didn't want you to be the same. <laughs> he wants you to, get, to come together. We and him aren't the same until I learn how his spirit works. I said, apart from Jesus, I'm Christ, I mean, I love John 15, 5. Apart from him, I can accomplish nothing. So I need him constantly in my life teaching me how to do this. And when he brings things up, um, I rejoice because it's something I didn't know. Something's been brought to the light. And here's the thing. We have a lifetime. If you think about getting married and you're engaged, here's the one question you got to I love as men. This is what we get away with. It's great. The one question you need to answer, am I ready to give my life, my lifetime, my life to her permanently? If you can't answer that question, then you don't do it. On the flip side, the one it's not really, we don't, we're not going to build our life permanently together. If there's a check, then there's a stop. Because everyone does everything up to the uh, altar and then the honeymoon, and then that's when real life starts when you get home. When the conflicts happen, and I didn't know you were like that. Why? Because when we were dating, we were lying. <laughs> Just to get you. <laughs> and you got me. But the relationship we build with God is the same parallel the same we build with each other. It's over a lifetime. And we don't want families broken up on the non-essentials. It's essentials. You love her, she loves you, you both love God. That's the essentials. Then we work it out. Again, she just, I confess all my sins to you after 32 years. I still don't get it. I still don't get some days. But guess what? I'm not supposed to get it. God gave me the answer, and I look smart. So wherever you are, single, courting, or dating, engaged, married, three years, five years, 40 years, your best is yet to come. And God's grace is amazing. The same grace he has for us, we need to have for one another. She didn't condemn me because I'm falling short. We just had grace. I got to get better at it. Amen? Let's all stand. We're going to close. And I'm going to have them. Men, if you're here with your wives, hold their hand. You probably haven't done that in years. You did that when you were dating. Stop it. Do it every day. Okay? All right. Now, those who are, are praying for their future mate, Okay? He's coming. She's coming. Don't short circuit it because you'll be in my office real quick. I thought he was, she was, she's not. God didn't deliver her. Forget it. Or he didn't deliver her. Okay? But really, um, the greatest thing my wife teaches me as a guy is touch. And I'm not a touchy feely guy. In fact, I hug God before I hug my wife sometime. And she's teaching me how to do it right. Not sound weird. Okay, y'all looked at me like he's no. What kind of church is this? Anyway, <laughs> and laughter is great for the soul. Whatever you're falling short, 
laugh at each other, say we'll get back on it and do it again. Amen? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone that's represented here today. Let's all be strong in your grace. Wherever you are, wherever we are, in our processing, in our listening, Father, our providing, and our security. These are all things you created from since the foundation of earth that you put in each and every one of us to discover the gems that's deeply hidden, hidden in each and, every, each and one of us. So, Father, I thank you right now for those who are staying in the game, staying in the race, running it together. As Ms. Donna said, you first, apart from you, we can do, accomplish nothing. Our significant other, my wives, our, our second, third children, even fourth is our jobs. Our identity, our true identity is in you, not our relationships.